You know, last night, was at the KDK Free Care Fund at Children's Hospital. I thought about this a number of times, Marty. How fortunate we are to have the medical minds oh my God. overall in this region that do incredible things each and every day. It's really, in in our community, amazing that, that the medical accessibility that we have here and the brain trust that's always thinking new ways to help people. My girl, uh, who I love, uh, Cindy Patton from UPMC, sent me this note early, earlier in the weekend. It blew my mind. Dr. Zavias, how are you, sir? Hi, good morning. Good morning, guys. How are you? Wow. We're with Dr. Jose Zavias and... Doctor, some pretty incredible news. Well, uh, you know, thank you for having me. First of all, it's really yeah. a pleasure to be here uh, with both of you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, you know, the paper we've uh, we published recently and some of the work we're doing at, at the Hillman Cancer Center, I think, has the potential to really change the way uh, we treat uh, patients with head and neck cancer. But I think also even beyond that, and uh, and the reason is because you know, one of the things that we always always struggle with is finding a way to most more precisely treat patients based on on their disease and not just based on on uh, the disease uh, in general we want to be as precise with medicine as we can and i think this study that we've we've published using liquid biopsy technology gets us one step closer to that hey doc this is crazy and by the way you probably know i had the same head and neck cancer Um, yeah i I know so this fluid tell us about this fluid that has prior to this been thrown away, which is crazy. Yeah, so, so as, as, you, as you know well, Marty, you know, when, when you have a surgery like this, you have a surgical drain placed. And for many, many surgeries, drains are commonplace. And the reason you put those drains in is to evacuate the fluid from underneath the skin so it doesn't get infected, it doesn't cause problems in the wound. And for about 100 years, when, when people do surgery, this fluid is collected and thrown in the trash, and it's measured and it's uh, discarded. Um, we had the insight. Wow. Um, Come on. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we had the insight to say, well, what if this fluid was valuable? What if it contained information that we could use to better treat patients? And that was the insight, um, I think, back in 2019 that ultimately led to this paper and has led to even more. We've started a company. We're trying to build this into other cancer types to really get this to patients. And, uh, you know, it's still early days. Yeah. But I, but I think it's very promising. And what are the hopes wow. in, in utilizing this? Come on, man. What would other be discarded waste? Right, man. Right, right. So so the idea is that, you know, using surgical drains and, and surgery itself is part of many, many surgeries for cancer, um, or sorry, many, many treatments for cancer. And the idea is that when we, when we do an operation, we have some decisions to make about what the next steps are. Do the patient deserve radiation therapy or chemotherapy or immunotherapy? And to date, the ways we make those decisions were based on uh, really great pathology, but sometimes, especially for new diseases like this HPV-positive cancer, maybe we're more we're imprecise. So the idea would be, could we find another metric that we could use from the patient to tell us what how much microscopic disease is left behind and make decisions about radiation or chemotherapy after surgery using that, those data. And, and we think that by doing it that way, we can have more precision, which means better care for patients. It means tailoring the treatment for patients better. 
And and doctor, Great, how long would, are we away from really utilizing this? So, you know, it's a great question. We have de- we have demonstrated this, as you see in the paper, uh, the paper that we published recently in clinical cancer research. Uh, that's the first major step. But in the last three years, we've been building a study to look at this in head and neck cancer across four different institutions, lung cancer, to really uh, define what how this could be used. Now, the next steps are really to develop a clinical grade test. And uh, the company Droplet Biosciences in Boston is working on this now with us. Uh, this is a company that I founded nice. along with a couple of other nice. founders that's, that's make, getting this to patients more quickly. Hey, Doc, the thing is for you, man, this has to be like like a guy finding a diamond <laughs> in a lump of coal. Well, you know I, what I mean? I can sense in your voice, Doctor, You, I can. it's a genuine sense of excitement. Yeah. Yeah, well, so, you know, I'm a surgeon, I'm a scientist, and whenever you have the opportunity to discover something that really has been overlooked or something that is a completely new part of the way we think about medicine, uh, it's exciting, right? I get to, we've had the the privilege, I guess, of characterizing something that nobody else has really characterized. And... Um, there's some, you know, there's excitement in that. Our team, including my, you know, collaborator at Washington University, Otto Chowdhury, and I, have spent a lot of time to think about this. And what's been what's been really fun is that the community, the scientific community, the head and neck surgeons across the country, at first it was kind of met with skepticism, right? What are you talking about? You're using surgical drains to measure what? But now, over the years, as we presented the data and the data become more convincing and compelling, um, there's, getting, there's going to be more and more acceptance, which has been also a really interesting transition to watch. And you lay in bed some nights and think, man, we could save lives. I mean, seriously. Exactly. I mean, yeah. That's cool. That, that, you know, places like ours, at Hillman, at UPMC, yep, yep. You know, we have a responsibility to move the needle, right? We're not here just to, to, to go with the old treatments that have always been done. And I think that's why we're here. That's why we're at places like, like the University of Pittsburgh, like UPMC, and like Hillman. And these, you're right, these are the things I think about. And not just me, but all my collaborators and scientists at the Cancer Center across the country. This is what drives us every single day. How do we improve lives? How do we make patients' lives better when they're facing a diagnosis like cancer? Well, we're so blessed to have you Hell and yeah. the minds here. Save my life uh, there. I'm just curious, Doc. What's it like to be so smart? <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's, as somebody once told me, it's always good to, to you also you never want to be the smartest person in the room, right? Because if you're not the smartest person in the room, you're not growing. So I like to surround myself with people who are even smarter, <laughs> who drive me to me to work harder. And uh, and we're lucky, like you said, in Pittsburgh to have that community. Hey, doctor, it's a burden for me to be the smartest person in the room, but I live with it. <laughs> Somehow he deals with it. Yes, doc. sir. Sometimes you make it happen. Well, You're the well, man. Hey, we appreciate you. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate you getting the word out. Doctor have a good day. Jose. Nice, man. Zavios, who is doing incredible work. Wow. And uh, you just heard it here in our hometown.